بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمده ونسلی علی رسولی الکریم اما بعد الحمدللہ tonight is the 12th of July in the year 2023 and alhamdulillah we moved on to the 79th night that we're going through the exalted and dear life of the illustrious companion Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu and I've reached the point where I've mentioned that Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu has been elected to the high post. So Ibn Mas'ud now, radiyallahu, was around the age of 42 years. So as I mentioned many moons ago, Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu had a great love for Sayyidina Abdullah Ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu and he would keep him very close and near. In Ibn Sa'ad in Istabaqat, volume 3, page 118 of the English translation in the chapter on the companions of Badr, Hafiz Zahbi in his Seer 1-436, Abu Nu'im al-Hiliya 1-129. The last statement of Umar radiyallahu is also recorded in Tabarani in his Kabir number 9735 or 9-349 in Al-Bidayah. Zayd ibn Wahb rahmatullahi he relates, I was once sitting with Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu when Sayyidina ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu arrived. And subhanallah, the people almost concealed him due to how short he was. Which made Sayyidina Umar laugh when he finally saw him. <laughs> Stop in the report. So like I mentioned, Ibn Mas'ud was short, statute. So when he came, he actually disappeared in the crowd. But then when he came, Umar was laughing and he saw him. Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu then began speaking to him. And his face brightened and he laughed with him and gave him his complete attention. Then Ibn Mas'ud turned and left. So Umar had a good conversation and he was very happy to be in his company. And he goes, the people noticed he was fully focused on him. Then Ibn Mas'ud left. Umar then followed him with his eyes until he disappeared from view. And he only then said, He is a small vessel, but do not be deceived, for he is filled with knowledge. And he repeated this three times. <laughs> so why did Umar radiyallahu not say that in his presence? He didn't want to put pride in his heart. He waited until he went. When he completely left, away from the eyes of the people, because he is a small vessel, but don't be deceived, he is filled with knowledge, because his knowledge is immense. And why would the Amir al-Mu'mineen radiyallahu not keep him close? When Sayyidina Hudayfa radiyallahu said about him, the fortunate ones amongst the companions radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, they know that Ibn Umi Abd radiyallahu is amongst the closest of means, i.e. wasila to Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanahu This is in Ahmad in his Fada'il al-Sahaba 2-841, Hafiz Khatib in his Tariq 1-149 with a Sahih Janab transmission. So this is a very important report because this is a wasila. And why, does, why is that important to highlight? Because in Surah, in one of, uh, in one of the opening Surahs, I believe in Surah Maida, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands us, seek a wasila to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Seek a means. So what are the wasilas that are agreed upon by the scholars 
using Allah the Almighty in glorious holiness. I will see that through your own deeds. You say, oh my Lord, if I did this deed for your pleasure, please fulfill my need. Um, to ask a righteous living person to make a dua for you, that's a wasila. This is a wasila. What did Hudayfa radiallahu say? The fortunate ones, meaning this is not something well known. The fortunate ones amongst the companions, meaning even amongst the Sahaba, they know that Ibn Umi Abd is amongst the closest of wasila to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, what does that mean? So one explanation of this is that it means that when you're going, when you're with him, you are very close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when we're talking about him, discussing his blessed life, this is a wasila to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another explanation is you can make a dua. You can say, oh my Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala, due to my love for your beloved servant, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, radiyallahu Please, I use him as a wasila that you fulfill this need of mine. How many people know that? So Hudayfa radiyallahu said, the fortunate ones, meaning they know they've got the prize. The fortunate ones. Why are they fortunate? Because they understand this. So now, how high is his status? That he's a wasila to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what does that tell you about the Hanifi fiqh? You know, people don't, you know, when you say it's heavily reliant upon Ibn Masood, people don't understand the weight of that statement. What, what did you just say? Because it's heavily reliant upon Ibn Masood. The wasila to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why Imam Abu Hanifa you know, took his words very seriously. In another report, it mentions in Ibn Asakir with a Sahih chain of transmission, Kanzal Omal, volume 7, page 55, Ayat al Sahaba, volume 3, page 594 to 5 of the New English translation, Sayyidina Abu Wa'il, radiyallahu, he said, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, radiyallahu, he once saw a man lowering his garment and he said to him, Raise your garment. The man replied, And you, ibn Mas'ud, you raise your garment. Ibn Mas'ud replied, Radiyallahu, I am not like you, for I have a wound on my shin, and I also lead the people in Salah. When Umar Radiyallahu came to know about this, he started striking the man. <laughs> and he said, How dare you argue with Ibn Mas'ud? <laughs> and he just kept striking him. <laughs> so let's go for this. So where is this recorded? Sayyid Hadith in Ibn Asakr. So Ibn Masood noticed that a man had a gar- his garment below his ankles. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, you know, another level, maybe it's the sunnah, halfway up the, below the calf. Mm-hmm. So he goes, raise it. So the man looked at Ibn Masood and his was actually covering his complete shin. He goes, you raise yours. So Ibn Masood explained something to him. Now this shows that he's a faqih. He said, I'm not like you. Meaning, there's, I have a concession here. Mm-hmm. My concession is I have a wound. Meaning I need to cover the wound. What's the wound from? Maybe you know, jihad. And secondly, I'm an imam. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at my wound, it's going to distract you in your salat. Mm-hmm. So Ibn Masood didn't you know, get angry with him. He just explained. When they reached Umar, <coughs> he didn't even be around the bush. So I was striking the man. And what did he say to him? How dare you argue with Ibn Mas'ud? 
people questioned, was he arguing with Ibn Masud? All he said was, you, ra- you raise your garment. So now how many people would get uh, a sore head in today's day and age? Imagine Ibn Masud, no, no, we don't, we don't. Go and call the middle one Smash, bang, wallop. How dare you argue with Ibn Masud? That's all he's going to say to you. In another report, in Ibn Asakr, Ya'aqub ibn Sufyan, Qanzul Umar, volume 7, page 55, Ayat al-Sahaba, volume 3, page 595 of the New English Translation, Allah relates from his sheikhs, one Sayyidina Umar he passed by a dwelling of Ibn Mas'ud in Al-Madinah, and he stopped, and he was observing its construction. A man from the Quraysh thereupon said, Amir al-Mu'mineen, someone other than you can demolish it. Upon hearing this, Umar lifted a rock and threw it at the man saying, Do you wish to create enmity between me and Abdullah ibn Mas'ud? <laughs> so this is very interesting. So now, what did Umar do to Sa'ad's palace? When you say a palace, it doesn't mean like you say, nah, he was the Amir of Kufa, of Iraq, and uh, he built, you know, a dwelling with a secure fence gate to stop the noise reaching him. Mm-hmm. Umar heard about it. He said, hey, the uh, Hudayfa, sorry, Muhammad ibn Maslama, or another companion, destroyed it. Mm-hmm. Sa'ad so didn't say anything. <laughs> ibn Mas'ud, where is he building? <laughs> He's building in al Madina, <laughs> the holiest of holies. <laughs> so look how interesting. Umar just looking. <laughs> you know, why did he stop? Because he's thinking. So the man who looked at Umar, he knew that he didn't like this. So he said, someone other than you can demolish it. In other words, you don't need to do it. Just give us the signal, we'll do it. And he thought, Amir al-Mu'mini is going to get happy. Did he get happy? Picked a rock up and he threw it at him. He goes, do you want to cause enmity between me and Ibn Masood? What's the matter with you? Meaning, he didn't even question him. There's not many companions who Umar did not question. And here, Ibn Masud, just looked, because carry on. Sayyidina Abdullah Ibn Masud was very close to Sayyidina Umar and would sometimes be seen with him on his famous nightly patrols. For instance, in Abu Ash-Sheikh, Qanzul Omal, volume 2, page 141, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 3, page 519 to 521 of the English translation. As-Sudi, rahmatullahi, he said, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud was with Umar when he saw the light of a fire during the dead of the night. So what's these nightly patrols? So Umar famously would go during the night fulfilling the needs of others. So this time, who's with him? Ibn Mas'ud. That in itself shows his status. And they saw a light. They then discovered an old man sitting with some drink and a slave girl was singing to him. So you picture this thing, he's got a drink and he's a slave woman singing. The man did not perceive anything until Umar confronted him. <laughs> Umar in anger thereupon said, To this night, I have never seen a sight uglier than this old man waiting for his death. And he's in this state. So what did Umar say? Because you're an old man. 
Because this is disgusting. Because you're in the threshold of death. And is this what you're up to? The old man lifted his gaze. And he said, Indeed, you are quite in order to say this, O Amir al-Mumini. However, what you have done is even uglier. How? For you have been spying. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forbidden it, and you have also entered my dwelling without permission. So Umar radiallahu was left standing in his thoughts. Upon reflection, he said, you are also right. He then left and he started biting his garment and his eyes filled with tears. And he said, Umar radiallahu's mother may well have lost him if his Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala does not forgive him. This old man thought he was hiding himself from his family, but will now continue sinning openly, saying that Umar has already seen me. I, for what more now do I have to lose? So now stop in the report. Why is he weeping? Two reasons. He's weeping because he made, he committed two mistakes. The man was right. He goes, you entered my dwelling without permission. You're spying. But what really made him weep was, he thought, I've ruined this man. Why? Because he's been caught. So he's, what's going to stop him now? He goes, Amir al-Mumineen knows. He goes, so look at how interesting. That's the wisdom why you don't spy. Because there's goodness in that. Because the person's doing it in private. There's goodness in that. Why? Because he doesn't want to go public. But if you expose him, he's going to think, well, everybody knows that anyway. So now you've triggered it. So Umar started to weep. The report continues. The old man then kept away from Umar's gathering for a while. So even though he was in that state, he would attend, but he's now not attending. Then one fateful day, he returned. And Umar radiallahu noticing him, informed somebody to call him forward. <laughs> so the old man, obviously, he's thinking, Astaghfirullah, I'm not going to show my face. Eventually, he plucks his college up. He goes, maybe at the back of the gathering. And Umar notices. He goes, tell him to come. The old man now expected that Sayyidina Umar would punish him for what he had seen him do. I make an example out of him. Umar goes, come closer to me. Umar then kept calling him closer until he was right to the right besides him. Umar then said, now bring your ear closer to me. So he's sitting knee to knee. And he puts his ear really close to Umar's lips. Sayyidina Umar then whispered in his ear. Listen very carefully. I swear by the being who has sent Muhammad as the messenger with truth. Neither myself nor Abdullah ibn Mas'ud who was with me have informed a single soul about what we had seen you doing. So you do not need to worry. The old man then said to Umar Now bring your ear closer. <laughs> so Umar brings his ear closer to the man. He whispered into Umar's ears saying, I swear by the being who has sent Muhammad وسلم, as a messenger with the truth. Up to the time that I have come to this gathering, 
I have never repeated myself. I felt so ashamed on that night. Sayyidina Umar's face then lit up and he said, Allahu Akbar. And nobody present had any idea why he had uttered the takbir. I, except Ibn Mas'ud, who was smiling. So look how beautiful. So now, what's interesting, normally this report is in Umar's seerat. But we're going to Ibn Mas'ud's seerat. So the beautiful thing about this is you get to value these reports more. Because suddenly the other person's life opens up. You think, I now know who this person is. Ibn Masood, radiyallahu. And look how touching. None of them mentioned. Why? Because if you see somebody spying, you can't mention it. It's behind closed doors. If you mention it, you are now committed a double crime. So he goes, neither myself nor Ibn Masood have talked about this. In other words, don't worry. Because you're not going to be, we're not going to humiliate you. We made the mistake or I made the mistake. Well, look how touching. The man had already done Toba. And he said exactly the same as Umar. He goes, I swear I haven't repeated myself. And Umar, look how joyous. Why? Because he thought, I've, I thought I ruined him. But he didn't ruin him. He actually made him repent. Because Allahu Akbar. And now imagine you're in the gathering. So you're in the gathering. And you see a Mila Mu'mineen, you know, discussing affairs of Islam. And then an old man goes to the front. So that's the first strange thing. You hear a bit of whispering. And then the man, the next minute you hear, you see Umar putting his ear next to the Omar. What's going on? And eventually Umar goes, Allahu Akbar. You wouldn't have a clue what's going on. But if you looked at Ibn Mas'ud, there's the clue. He's smiling. Meaning, look how Allah you know, provided a way out for this man. In a similar report, it may be the same incident, but we're not certain. So this is interesting. Some scholars say this is the same incident. But we can't say for certain. So this is recorded in Al-Khara'iti, Kanzul Omal, volume 2, page 167, Hayada Saab, volume 3, page 519 of the New English Translation. Kindi, rahmatullahi One night when Umar radiallahu was guarding and doing his rounds for the people of al Madina, when he suddenly heard someone singing in his house, Umar immediately scaled the wall. Jumped into the dwelling and said angrily, Do you think that Allah the Almighty would cover your sin? Do I not now see you clearly indulging in a sinful act? So stop in the report. Imagine you'll have a heart attack. Umar's here. Oh my God. Imagine. Fact drops out of mouth, right? Now in today's day and age, corner ended. The person replied hastily, O Miral Mu'mineen, radiallahu. Don't be hasty in this matter. For if I have committed one sin, undoubtedly you have committed three sins. Firstly, Allah the sublime, Tobana wa ta'ala, he says, Surah Al-Hujarat, Surah 49, verse 12. Wala ta jassasu, do not spy. But you have taken to fault finding. So Umar listens and he says, what's the second? <laughs> Secondly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the sublime has said, and he recited, Surah Al-Baqarah, Surah 2, verse 189. <laughs> Enter the dwellings by the doors. You have entered mine by scaling the wall. 
Umar radiyallahu anhu said, you are right. What's the third? <laughs> Thirdly, you have come to see me without asking my permission. Whilst Allah the Almighty and Glorious has observed. In Surah An-Nur, Surah 24 verse 27. <laughs> Enter not dwellings other than your own until you have asked permission and given salam to those within. Umar was stunned. He then said to him after a few moments of contemplation, Can I now hope for good acts from you if I forgive you now? He said, Certainly. Sayyidina Umar then admitted his mistakes, came out of the dwelling with his cloth under his teeth, and he said, Curse on you, O Umar, if you are not forgiven by your Lord. Subhanahu wa ta'ala, for acting so hastily. Subhanallah. So let's look at this. Is it the same incident? It could be. Because if you look, you can combine the reports. Maybe a different incident. But now what's fascinating. This person, obviously, he's committing a sin. He testified himself. Mm. So he was committing a sin. And they were singing. So it seems to indicate that somebody else was singing to him. Going back to the previous report. So, <laughs> was he committing a sin? Yes. Note how well the man knew the Quran. And then using it to calm Sayyidina Umar. Now, what's interesting not many people knew that. Mm. Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu, he once said to a man, and he was really wounded, the man, because I'm in trouble with Umar. So Bilal radiallahu said, don't you know what comes in? Because what is it? He goes, the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm. So what happened? The report then mentions that Umar's going towards him angrily. <laughs> the man's just starts reading Quran. Don't know why he's reading. And then Umar radiallahu he had a stick. He dropped out of his hand. Mm. And he goes, you have reminded me of the great one. And his anger left him. And Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said in Sayyid Bukhari, Umar would never go against the Quran. He goes, whatever, the, he goes, he would stop him in his tracks. So now this sinner, he knew the Quran. He could have recited anything to get himself out of it. But he not only recited, nothing about it. Be honest. Are you aware there's a verse mentioning do not spy? So most of us will probably say yes. Mm. Where is it? Surah 49 verse 12. Do you know there's a verse saying enter the dwellings by the doors? So, so most people might not even know that. Is that a verse? Mm. Yes. Where is it? Surah Baqarah. Surah 2 verse 189. Are you aware there's a verse that says Enter not dwellings other than your own until you have asked permission and given salam. Some would say yes. Where is it? Surah An-Nur, Surah 24, verse 27. So Umar stopped in his tracks and he said to that man, can I hope good from you now? He goes, yes. And then Umar is now being harsh on himself. Why? Abu Bakr Siddiq said, if you want the special mercy of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, then be hard on yourself and compassionate to others. So in Kanzul Umar, so Umar was like this. He was very hard on himself. He didn't forgive himself. He goes, curse on you. 
if Allah Ta'ala does not forgive you, O Umrah. Now, also, that's part of the Islam. Why? Because if you see your superior rebuking himself, isn't that going to affect you? How many sheikhs actually do that? All you hear is the marids crying in front of their sheikhs. You know, it's marids crying, marids kissing his feet, marids do What's the sheikh doing? Have you ever heard the sheikh weeping, cursing himself, asking forgiveness? You think, hey, what's happening? Who's the sheikh? There you go. So Lord Umar, and he also was very, very wise in how he would deal with problems. What did our mother say about him? Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu. Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu has said, his leadership, how he conducted the affairs of authority was amazing. To impress Aisha, is it easy? She goes, he was amazing. So now you think, okay. So let me give you one example. This man, he was obsessed with Umar. And who wouldn't be? He's like, his shadow, you know, following him everywhere. <laughs> so Umar once stopped and he goes, listen, go and study the Quran. So the man then, you know, shocked. He thought, okay, he leaves. Then some days pass, weeks pass, nowhere to be seen. So Umar then turns to one of his contemporaries. He goes, where's so-and-so? He goes, one minute he's not my shadow. Now he's disappeared. Go and find him. So they found him, went to him. So Umar goes, where are you now? So the man goes, I found something which does not now need for me to be with Umar. I found something which now does not need for me to be with Umar. And Umar just smiled and he walked away. That's what Aisha is talking about. Now think about it. People are obsessed with sheikhs now. I want to give bayah, 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 bayah. Mashallah, brother. Mashallah. And you find out he's a pedophile. Right? So before you give bayah, think about what you're doing. Okay. Do you love Umar? Uh, yeah. You know what he did with people like this? Why? Because he's thinking, this person isn't well versed with the Quran. So shall I just tell him, to, so what he told him was study the Quran. He took it serious. He put his energy into the Quran. He made efforts how Allah subhanahu knows best. Maybe start with Ibn Masood. Next minute, you've got all your answers. And he goes, I don't need Umar. And Umar didn't get offended. Astaghfirullah, you've disrespected me. I'm the head of the state. Smile. MashaAllah. And this is his brilliance. One sentence, so people are. That old man did Tawbah. How? Because of Umar. Because whenever you're going to expose your secret, don't worry, me and Ibn Masood radiallahu. So all I mentioned today was now where Ibn Mas'ud is mentioned during the Khilafat of Sayyidina Umar. And I'm showing their intimacy and how close he was to the Amir of Mubini. Are there any questions?